We've been uh, on a series called Healer and looking in the scriptures about healing. And uh, from our logo that we've been using, talks about the heart. And that is sometimes we need healing emotionally. Uh, we also have the brain, and sometimes we need healing emotionally, I mean uh, mentally. And then also the hand, which represents the body, the physical healing. And through the scriptures, we see uh, areas that the Bible is teaching us that no matter whether it's an emotional, mental, or physical healing, God's still the same healer of the Old Testament, New Testament, and today. And whatever healing you may need in your life, He can provide that healing. And there are times when uh, healing seems to be so hard to get to. And it's, uh, there are times when people are needing physical healing. But what I have found that uh, the hardest healing breakthrough for some people is when they need a healing from some emotional hurt or some mental anguish that they're dealing with. And it just seems like it's just like concrete, just like this concrete block that I brought in this morning. It's, it's hard, it's solid, and you just can't seem to get through. And, but somehow, in the agony that you're feeling, you're needing a breakthrough in your life. In the scriptures that we're looking at today, we see a man who needed healing in his life, but he just couldn't seem to get there himself. And yet we see from the scriptures that he finally got a healing breakthrough. And it may be through these scriptures and what we can learn from this today that God can enable you to get to a point of a healing breakthrough in your life, whether it's something mentally or emotionally, whether it's your mind going, seemingly going crazy or your emotions seem to be torn apart, I believe that you can get to a healing breakthrough. And so let's look at this this morning in Mark chapter 2 and beginning in verse 1. And I'm reading this out of the NIV this morning. And it's talking about the Lord Jesus as he's been doing uh, miracles and teaching and he's coming to Capernaum. And we pick up in verse 1, it says, A few days later when Jesus again entered to Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. And since they could not get to him... To Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, and he took his mat. And he walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You know, when you begin to read these scriptures, and there's a visual picture you get in your mind where it talks about Jesus coming to Capernaum. 
one of the cities that when I visited Israel that uh, was one of the early stops the first day that they said we were going to see was Capernaum. And they said, you'll be, you know, I know that many of y'all are familiar with the things, the miracles that happened at Capernaum and the teaching that Jesus did. And they went on talking about it. And I'm going, Capernaum, Capernaum, Capernaum. I, I don't remember all this about Capernaum in the Bible. Then I realized Capernaum. In Israel, they refer to it as Capernaum, but in our English translation of things, it's Capernaum. And so they were talking about all the amazing things that happened at Capernaum, as we would describe it. And as we look at these scriptures, we see that Jesus has come into Capernaum. He's at a home there, and people have gathered so much in mass that the house is packed out. The doorways are open. People are lined up through the door, and nobody can even get inside because of the crowd. And the Bible tells us that Jesus preached the word to them. I love that part because I know that when I say, and Jesus preached the word to them, that Marty Cooper will say, thank you, Marty. I caught him sleeping a while ago. But the Bible tells us that to the world, preaching is foolishness. But yet when Jesus got his biggest crowd together, he preached the word to them. It's one of the only times in the Bible that where it doesn't tell you that Jesus taught them, but it says that he preached the word to them. And the people were gathered and they were absorbing it. And Jesus knew that no matter what they needed in their life, that the word of God was not foolishness, but it was transforming for whatever they need. There are so many people that uh, over the almost 25 years that I've been pastor here that have come to me with marital issues and agonizing with things mentally and emotionally and physically and issues with their children or with their parents or other situations in life. And it's been amazing how over those years that every time there is truth in God's Word that is able to meet their needs and get pointed in the right direction. Even when people who are struggling and they're saying, I've been unemployed, I need a job, and I need prayer, I need help, I don't know what to do, I'm in a panic, and we can go to God's Word to find them calmness and peace and to realize that their first step is they need to get a right relationship with the Lord and walk in intimacy and be at peace in His hands and to know that God will work all things together for their good. And it's amazing. It's kind of like people that you may have known that have tried and tried to have children and they finally give up and say, it looks like it's not going to happen for us. And they adopt a child and then they get pregnant and have a baby. They finally have kind of got at peace and relaxed. And then here comes the child. And it's amazing how in life when we're struggling and we're all tense and we're trying to take care of everything and we're dealing with all the things in our mind and then we finally come at peace with God and just put it in His hands and relax that everything starts coming together. Now I'm not saying that if you just come at peace with God that your life's going to be blessed and everything's going to go great and that all your needs are going to be met overflowingly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you come to a right relationship with the Lord, then things start to come together versus when we try to do it on our own. Here's a man in these scriptures that tells us that he was crippled and he was a man who needed healing in his life, but the healing wasn't coming. He just seemed to come to a brick wall, a point of concrete, 
and he needed a breakthrough in his life. And what we see in the transformation of this man's life is the same things that if you're struggling mentally, emotionally, if you've got issues with people or you've got issues with jobs or you've got issues with anything in your life and you're needing a breakthrough, the same answer is true for you. You see, what does it take to get a healing breakthrough in your life? One of the easiest things that I've found that will help a person get a breakthrough in their life that I see in these scriptures is calling on others to help you in your time of need. And you know, that is so simple. We talked about it in our Life in the Word class this morning about sin and how that we are to die to sin when we accept Christ and then we're to live victorious over it and that sin doesn't have mastery over us. And as we were talking about that, we talked about how can we expect to get victory over sin? What can help us? And one of the first answers was that God's Spirit can give us strength and comfort so that we can overcome it. But the next thing was that we ought to be able to count on God's people, other people who know the Lord, who love them and are living victorious in their life to help us to overcome sin in our life. And with that statement came another statement from someone saying, yeah, but I know those who are quick to condemn That when you're struggling with sin in your life, instead of trying to help you overcome that sin, they want to condemn you because of the sin. But remember when the Lord encountered the woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery and they were all one to stone her. And then when the Lord addressed them, they all scattered. And the Lord said this, woman, where is your accusers? And she said, I have none. They're all gone. And the Lord made this statement, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The Lord said, I don't want to condemn you. I want to see you overcome it. And so when we're in a time of need in our life, whether it's overcoming sin or whether we seem to have kind of hit a brick wall and we need a breakthrough and we just can't seem to get there, we need to call on others who will help us in our time of need. You see, in this scripture, we see that this man called upon or he was assisted with others who came to help him in his time of need. And it was others who had strength where he was weak It was others that could help him do what he could not do for himself. And it's amazing when we're getting beat up in life mentally and emotionally, how weak we become. Matter of fact, I have seen people who are physically strong be melted down to nothing because of mental and emotional struggles in their life. Where they're feeling hurt, and broken, and they're needing a healing in their life. And yet, they'll, this man who was crippled had been sitting on a mat, just hoping someone would give him a donation. And there's Jesus at the house who is healing and touching people's lives. And he could have just sat there and just drowned in his misery of a crippled man sitting on his mat. Or he could have got some help from somebody else who could get him to Jesus. And I have found so many people that just sit in the misery of their mat of life instead of calling on others who are strong where they are weak and who can help them do what they cannot do for themselves. And finding someone who is strong when you're weak is finding someone who can kind of help carry you through the weak moments in your life. There are so many times that when people are going through challenges in their life and I know it may be a surprise, but me and my family, we go through challenges just like everybody else. And sometimes we get beat up. And I don't know, I think it's in the, uh, the, the strategic 
attacks of Satan that for me and my family, we usually get the biggest hits on the weekend. Now, why would you think that would happen? So that he can weaken me when I need to be helping you become strong. One of the worst things that I can remember ever happened to my family happened on a Saturday night and then had to come and preach on Sunday morning. And I was struggling with, maybe I can just emergency call somebody else and ask them. Now, I had the physical ability to be here, but my mind and my heart and my emotions were ripped apart and I didn't want to be in a pulpit to preach. Really just kind of wanted to just be alone and meditate on my anger and my hurt. But you know what I did know? That's not where I needed to be. I needed to be in God's house. God said you need to be preaching through your pain. I needed to be around others who could help me in my time of need. Because you know what happened? When I came in that service and when the choir started singing, my pain started easing out of me. You see, the praise of God started pushing inside of me and it started pushing out of me. You see, when we call upon others in our time of need to help us, it may be that maybe we're not able to pray for ourselves, but maybe they can pray for us and they can be strong in prayer when we are weak. This man could not carry himself to the house, but those other men could carry him. And there may be a point in your life that either now or later on in your life that you just don't feel like you can even move. But you can call upon somebody else who can carry you through. You need a healing breakthrough? Do that which is the hardest to do that you don't want to do, and that is come out of your shell and call on somebody else who can help you in your time of need. This man not only called on others to help him in time of need, but he also crushed through the obstacles that were holding him back. You see, as this man on the mat and the four that were with him came to the house, they couldn't get in. He couldn't get Jesus' attention because Jesus was surrounded in the crowd of people. And so what did they do? They packed up and went home. No, they were going to crush through whatever obstacles that were holding them back from getting to Jesus. So they climbed up on top of the house. They broke it up. And at that time, that they were probably the house was kind of a, a clay-type roof. Could be in one that was made from mud and other particles of straw and so forth. But they broke that through till they had an opening in the roof and they lowered him down. They were not going to look at the circumstances and let that push them away. The obstacle that was standing between them and the Lord, the obstacle that was standing between them and the healing that this man need, they were going to break through no matter what. And sometimes it's that mentality that we've got to get to to get a healing breakthrough in our life. And that is, whatever obstacle is in front of me, somehow, some way, I'm going to get to Jesus and I'm going to break through or crush through this obstacle that's in front of me. And that's, this man could not do it himself, but those other men could help him. I 
It's amazing how I thought about the fact that Marty gave the challenge this morning to the men that we need each other to pray for one another. We need the power of the church for men to come together and be spiritual leaders and to be praying for our church and be praying for the leadership of the church and be praying for the direction of the church. Because when God's men come together, God honors that because that was God's design. That doesn't take away from any women. Matter of fact, many churches over the years have just survived by the fact that men didn't do what they should do and women had to step up and carry the load. And I am thankful for that. But it still never takes away from the fact that God's design was for men to step up and be spiritual leaders. And whatever obstacle is hindering you from being a spiritual leader in your life, crushing through that obstacle. I watched, uh, I saw a little bit of... uh, a show on TV, me and Joyce were eating some uh, uh, lunch yesterday, lunch, brunch, or something it was, and she had uh, flipped on the TV, and uh, when she flipped on the TV, it was uh, Vin Diesel in a movie called uh, Pacifier. We only seen a little bit, little bit of it, but I saw a little bit of the part where there was a door that was locked, and he thought that one of the ones that he was watching over was in, maybe in need on the other side. So he looks at the door, and the next thing you know, that door's flying across the room. It was locked, but he was crushing that door. It wasn't going to stop him from getting to where he thought the need was. That's kind of the way we need to approach spiritually in our life, men, and that is when there's an obstacle between us and where we need to be or where we feel like the need is, we just got to crush it and break through it. Get as close to the Lord as we can. This man not only called on others to help him in his time of need, but they crushed through the obstacles that were holding them back from getting that healing breakthrough. And then you know what happened when he finally got down there? He just sat there and claimed his opportunity to receive a healing from the Lord. Can you imagine that? I can imagine the crowd, they're all gathered around, and all of a sudden people start feeling, what is that, you know, a little bit of straws hitting them, a little bit of clay and different things. Then the next thing they know, here comes this man on a mat being lowered down in the midst of them. And then they just leave him there. Claim your opportunity to get a healing. And as he sat there and Jesus saw that, there were two things that happened. Jesus identified that man and said, Son, your sins are forgiven. He received the opportunity to get forgiveness of his sins But then the Lord addressed the faith. He had the opportunity through his faith to get the healing that he needed. You know, I believe that so many times we just kind of let the devil knock us around, hold us back, and we don't claim the opportunity for the healing and the miracles that God wants to do in our life. And claiming a healing or claiming a miracle in your life doesn't mean it's going to happen, to happen instantly, but you just keep on hanging on to it. The opportunity this man had that he needed probably first and foremost was forgiveness of his sins, but then a faith healing for his body. I've seen so many people that have needed healing in their life, and yet they don't get to the first step, and that is to get forgiveness of their sins. You see, I believe that the number one need in our life, anytime we're struggling, we come to a need in our life, is to make sure that we've got everything right with the Lord. That our sins have been forgiven, and forgiveness of our sins is not saying, I'm sorry, Lord, please, an apology. 
But it's, Lord, not only am I asking you to forgive me of my sins, but, Lord, I want to turn away from my sins and live faithfully you from this day forward. I don't know what you may be in need of today, but today may be the day that you can get a breakthrough for healing in your life. And this sledgehammer just kind of reminds me of how much power there is in the Lord. And so for some of you today, you might just need to get down on your knees, bow before the Lord, claim His strength and His power, and then take the power of the Lord and break. Lord, I come to you this morning. Lord, I don't know where everybody is in their life. But Lord, I know that you have crushing power to give a breakthrough. And Lord, there may be someone that's struggling in their marriage today and they need a breakthrough. Lord, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would begin them on a journey of a breakthrough. Lord, there may be someone here today that's struggling with some emotions and some things mentally in their life that is just honing them. And Lord, they need a breakthrough. Lord, I pray that in this moment, Lord, whether they can do it just by prayer, whether they need to call on somebody else after church and just say, would you pray for me? I'm struggling. I just can't seem to get through myself. Lord, I pray that you would give them a breakthrough. God, I know that just like the weight of this five-pound hammer had a breakthrough on this cement block, Lord, I know that there is mighty power through you. There is healing in your hands when we put our hands in your hands. So God, I'm asking you right now, whatever healing is needed mentally, emotionally, physically, Lord, whatever breakthrough is needed in a person's life, Lord, there may be some that kind of are at a wall spiritually in their life. God, I pray that they'll put their hands in your hands and Lord, that they'll get a breakthrough this morning and Lord, that you will bring healing into their life. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ that Satan would be defeated and, Lord, that you would be glorified. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.